Hey, what's up? This is Chris Gray, and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behavior. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Fire Friday, party Friday, call it whatever you will. It's the weekend preview right here on ZFM Sport. Good evening, Zimbabwe. Welcome to the nation's biggest sports show. And today we are presenting a three-man attack. Sean Tafirinika, our producer behind the desk. Alois Munjira, the former Warriors International. My name is Mike Madoda. Barry and Chris will be back on the show on Monday. What can you expect on the home front after Slumping to a demoralizing one-day international series whitewash against Afghanistan, the Chevrons will be hoping for better fortunes as they switch to a three-match T20 international series where opening batter Tadewa Nashimarumani has been called to add some firepower to the batting in international sport. Defense trumped possession in the weight of Christchurch as the Crusaders were required to break competition tackling records to hold out the Chiefs for a semi-final 20-7 win in Super Rugby Pacific. We'll also take you around the world in 60 with updates from Azerbaijan, the United States and England. Don't miss out on our play of the day that comes smack bang in the middle of the show and we get the party started today during our musical interlude followed by a fan zone where you can have your Say your way on our interactive platforms. WhatsApp 0731-168-045. I'll give you that number again. 0731-168-045. We're also on Twitter and Facebook where you can follow and interact with at ZFM Sport. And then it's the beautiful game in the second half. And kickoff is on the continent where Bafana Bafana coach Hugo Bruce was left disappointed by the manner of his size defeat to Morocco in the opening 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier in Rabat last night. Over to Europe in the Nations League, Pablo Sarabia scored the only goal as La Furia Roja, Spain, deservedly beat Switzerland for their first win of the competition. And Liverpool forward Mohamed Salah has been named at the PFA Player of the Year to end Manchester City midfielder Kevin De Bruyne's run after winning it the last two years. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors, and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. 
Now, don't forget, if you want to be part of the show, send us a message with your thoughts and your views on 0731-168-045. That number again, 0731-168-045. On social media, simply search for at ZFM Sport. During the fan zone, we'll try and read as many as of your messages and comments as possible. Now, let's get the show on the road with the cricket, where after slumping to a demoralizing one-day international series whitewash against Afghanistan, the Chevrons will be hoping for better fortunes as they switch to a three-match T20 international series where opening batter Tadiwanashi Marumani has been called to add some firepower to the batting. Apart from Takudzwanashi, Kaitano and Tanaka Chivanga, Zimbabwe have retained the rest of the squad that faced Afghanistan in the just-ended ODI series with Marumani being the only new face to the T20 international series which begins with back-to-back games tomorrow and Sunday at Harare Sports Club. And of course... That uh, 3-0 one-day international whitewash, meaning that Zimbabwe has never beaten Afghanistan in six series since their first meeting in one-day international cricket in 2014. Sean out of expected, of course, uh, the matches to be a lot closer uh, as far as T20 is concerned because generally the shorter the game in cricket, uh, the more the lesser side or the smaller team gets into the, uh, with a chance, of course, of causing an upset. But the fact that since 2014 we have been losing consistently to mm. Afghanistan is a cause of concern. Yeah, it's a big cause of concern and it's just demoralizing is actually the right word and the fact that we are not even competing at this level oh. anymore is dire. We can't even get scores consistently past the pass score of 250. We cannot do that and I think especially in this particular series we shot ourselves in the foot. That first uh, uh, ODI set the tone because Zimbabwe won the toss and they elected to field first we we know that Zimbabwe are not good at setting totals why not put in Afghanistan to you feel would have had more of a chance if we chased I, I feel we would, would have more of a chance it could have been a bit closer because we seem to do a bit okay so we, we are a bit distant when we have to chase but after that the the second ODI third ODI Afghanistan winning the toss and putting it, uh, us into bed first and we always collapse yes there are some notable totals here and there from the players but our batting just letting us down and the bowling wasn't that sparkling either oh. and at the end of the day we were completely and comprehensively just outclassed by Afghanistan and that is dire that is absolutely dire and of course uh, to add salt to the wound the just ended series also carried World Cup Super League points and the Chevrons continue to fare badly in the 13 team league which is the main qualification pathway to the 2023 ICC World Cup which is to be played in India now Zimbabwe men's cricket coach Lao Chand Rajput has come out with some strong criticism of his players saying that they lack the hunger to win matches. Yeah, that hunger is still not there because, you know, I come from India and we are hungry to win every game. We, we hate losing, to be very honest. No. Uh, but... Uh, if you look at the team combination, we are not getting the full teams as well sometimes. If you look at Namibia, we never had our four or five players. Uh, we went to Abu Dhabi uh, last time, we never had, like Craig was injured. We, we, we are always missing three, four players at some, some stage or the other. So even in this game against Afghanistan, we are missing Sean Williams, we are missing Richard Garawa, we are missing Wellington Masakadza. Uh, 
when we went to Namibia, we missed Ryan Ball with COVID, Craig, Craig with COVID, we missed Maru Mane with injury in the first week. So I think there is somewhere lacking somewhere, but I'm sure it will get because this is the thing which is not controllable in our hand. But uh, we are missing players, but that's not an, any excuse for that. But I'm sure the players had to be a little more, more hungrier uh, that, you know, they have to hate losing. That's simple. If you start hate losing, automatically you start winning. It's, it's the mindset, to be very honest, because the coaches have got uh, a certain amount of thing which we can do. But it's the mindset that the players have to go and you know, play in the, in the middle. And in the middle, the more they play, the better they become. So it's simple because that's why we talk about game time, because they get into those situations, how to come out of those situations, it's better. And I, I think we have started the game time. It will come, and I'm sure it will. It will. It will, it will happen eventually. Uh, yeah, because attitude is there. Because when they go onto the field, definitely they have an attitude. The intent is there, but sometimes we have got to execute it better. So execution, execution is always depending upon. As I said again, we'll go, I'll go back to it. The more you play, the better you you know execute your plans. That was uh, Lauchand Rajput, uh, the coach of the Chevron, speaking, of course, uh, about uh, what's been happening. And uh, his criticism is that uh, the players, uh, they lack the mental stamina to get uh, results over the edge and, of course, uh, to win matches. And he points to the fact that there have been players missing. He points to Berlin and Garava, who were missing uh, in that series versus Namibia, which the Chevrons lost. And then he points to Masakadza and Sean Williams, who were missing in this one-day international series versus Afghanistan. And yes, uh, Sean, those are sort of like notable omissions but still Zimbabwe should be competitive against Afghanistan exactly because if you take out the the names that you read out Richard Ngarava um, um, Wellington Masakaza they are also not complete game changers they're, mm. they're not the type of players where you say if they are missing we we completely fall apart you reckon they wouldn't have made a difference I don't think they would have made much of a difference to be honest the key player maybe if we didn't have blessing Mumzarabani and he was in for this time Sean Williams um, Sean Williams with the bat the reason why I say so, Sean, is because when I take a look at Zimbabwe's top performers mm. with the bat, Sikanda Raza scored 67, 40 and 38. Uh, a total of 145 runs, an average of 48. And I would just label that as decent because, to be honest, uh, we didn't have any batsmen who actually kicked on uh, and made a big score, you know, uh, a big 50 or even converted that uh, into a century. Next up was Ryan Bell. Guess what he scored? 13, 51 and 21. Uh, an average of 42, really bolstered by that 51 not mm. out. Uh, and a total of 80 Five runs, meager total of 85 runs. Surely Sean Williams might have added a bit of steel uh, to that batting order. Yeah, you could have, but I, I, I want to point to the captain, mm. Craig Irvine. Where was he? Where was he? Was supposed to be the one who was leading from the front, but you take a look at it. I think it was a duck um, in the third ODI yesterday, and a 32 and another 30. And he's supposed to be uh, the batsman, the leader of this team, leading from the front, but he didn't show up in any way. And even the decisions on the field, like I said, the first ODI choosing to uh, bat first I, I feel like that was a bad decision mm. and now again um, we, we are in the situation where um, the, our pool of players we keep recycling the same names and no one is really putting their hands up and Zim Cricket talking about them I swear it really infuriates me because <laughs> you really it, sounded it, frustrated <laughs> like you're gonna I'm beat baffled. like you like, wanna beat someone up but, well let's go to our messages here and uh, uh, this message here caught my eye uh, because it's quite funny uh, and uh, it's a very good evening to you uh, and you say that uh, Rajput 
and Zdravko Logarosic and same WhatsApp group. It boggles the mind <laughs> why the coach is still there. That message is from Hilary Nguve uh, out in Bulawayo. That's in Hillside. Now, Alice, I want to bring you into the conversation because uh, we heard from Lauchand Rajput earlier where he seemed to be putting the responsibility, at least laying the responsibility for the poor performances on the doorstep of the players. We didn't hear any hint of him taking responsibility as a coach. But you take a look at Zimbabwe's performances as the Chevrons. It's not just about the series against Afghanistan and Namibia where they've been poor. They have been poor for a very long time, for as long as he's been in charge. What are your thoughts on that when, when coaches come out and they're sort of like putting the, uh, the players on the block? Yeah, uh, Mike, it's very disappointing. You know, when I hear our coaches doing that, like you rightly say, that he has been here for some time now. You know, when we employed him, I'm saying, we, I'm Zimbabwean, he's a Zimbabwean coach. Mm. When we employed him, we wanted him to improve our players. Yeah. We, we needed him to improve the team. Coming from India, coming, yeah, coming from uh, a big nation like that, exactly. you would add value. That, that's what we wanted him. That's why we, otherwise, would have just said Hamilton Masaka is a takeover, mm. coach the team. But because of his pedigree, where he's coming from, we wanted him to improve the players. I, is he improving the players? You cannot come in then and say, ah, the players are bad. When you came here knowing that this was the level of the players, mm. we wanted you to improve the players. Improve the players. Let's fact, see an improvement. He, he, he probably said that in his interview to say, you know what, I can improve the players. Exactly. Mm. You see now. <laughs> now you come back and say the players are, are bad, mm. but you knew that my the players are my bad. ingredients were happy order. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we 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 want a better Zimbabwe because we actually ex- employ an expatriate coach so that he can improve us because we already know our problems we already know our shortcomings mm. so we get you so that you can do this for us you can not then turn around and start blaming the players again no man we want we want the players to be improved that's why we got you uh, absolutely matthew batin chinoy says good evening guys rajput must not blame the players he's the one who jets in the country two days before the series starts in that short time what winning mentality could he install in the team also zimbabwe cricket must swallow their pride and bring pj Moore back he could add something with the bat. Your thoughts on PJ Moore? Uh, is he someone that you look at? Because you've talked about us recycling players. Uh, it does have a feel of recycling when you yeah. bring PJ Moore back. But surely he's better than what we are seeing right now, especially in that middle order, lower middle order. Yeah, because right now it's all hands on deck. We need some players who can at least contribute something. And PJ Moore, with experience that is Gordon out in Ireland, um, I, I feel he could have been uh, a worthy addition to this team. And I, 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 was, I was thinking about our domestic cricket game and saying, surely, weren't there some, some, some diamonds? Bright young sparks. Some bright sparks that we could have handed uh, uh, um, some starts and seen how they perform. Because right now, we really can't, we're not getting much from the crop that we have at the moment. Moyos in Marondera says, as for cricket, let's not lie to ourselves. It's not lack of hunger or mental strength. It's purely a lack of talent. Some of these boys should be playing in college cricket our mm. cricket is suffering from too much takashingaism that, those are the thoughts from Moyos out in Marondera keep your messages coming in and of course we are talking cricket where the Chevrons have just been thumped 3-0 in the ODICs versus Afghanistan and about to embark on the T20 International Series and of course action gets underway at Harare Sports Club tomorrow in the first T20 International back to back because the second one is on Sunday the same venue and then the third one will be played on Tuesday 
and the T20 International Series will serve as part of Zimbabwe's final preparations for the ICC Men's T20 World Cup Qualifier B 2022, which is one of two global tournaments that together form the final stage of qualification process for the ICC Men's T20 World Cup 2022 to be staged in Australia. And of course, Zimbabwe will host the eight-team qualifying tournament in July. It used to be, uh, Sean, that the fact that we were hosting, playing in our own conditions, uh, the familiarity of the venues and the surface and the decks etc would give us an advantage it used to be that uh, teams would come in from the subcontinent especially and struggle exactly. in our SEMA friendly conditions we used to win against teams like Pakistan the likes of India would come and find it very hard to get going here in Zimbabwe Sri Lanka as well uh, Bangladesh would always be pummeling and now even the lesser subcontinent teams like Afghanistan are finding it easy so I don't know how much of an advantage hosting that tournament is going to be yeah no it's, gonna, it's not going to give us much of an advantage at all and I think at some point right um, as players and as the coaching staff, maybe let's get back to the basics and say, okay, we are not really doing too well in all aspects, but what can we control? Surely you can control your fielding. You can't say that you need like yes. immense talent to be... And we used to be a great exactly. fielding side. And it's something that our standards have rapidly dropped in that area. And when it comes to bowling, hit your lines. Don't, don't go so, for So I'll tell you a story because uh, yeah. I, play, I played a bit of cricket when I was in high school, uh, late 90s. And uh, what you've just mentioned there was one of the tactics I was at Jameson that we used when we were playing the better schools. Whenever we played your CBCs, we played your St. John's College, your Peterhouses, EDC, we used to have that um, approach where during the fielding, we almost invariably, even if we won the toss, would always ask the captain to say, hey, you know what, send them into bat. And what we're going to do is we're going to make it so hard for them to score to runs. Score runs exactly. We're going to make it very slow for them to... Uh, they're not going to score. It's not going to be a great total by the time we get to lunchtime, okay? Which then sort of like heightens our chances of winning uh, and of us obviously saving yeah. the game. So we used to do that where we used to chase every ball. We used to hang on to our catches. It was very rare for our team to drop any catches, whether it was in the slips or in the outfield. Because those are the small things that sort of like narrowed it. And over the years, we'd get one or two victories yeah. against the better schools as a result of that approach. Yeah, so your school uh, cricket coach should coach Zim because <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> we need. Tactics. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, it's tactics. It's tactics because you, you've got to think it through. Uh, and so, uh, you know what? You, you, you'd love to see the Chevrons, I think, get back to being a really good fielding side because a, a good fielding side, you can save yourself as many as 20, 30 runs in exactly. the field, sometimes even more. Uh, and when you don't have a great batting lineup like Zimbabwe, it then obviously shortens uh, it obviously increases the chances of winning yeah, yeah. you see Mike that's the, exactly the same with football when you're playing a very uh, 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 superior opponent mm. you, the coach will tell you first 15 minutes guys so okay. let's not concede Holds. yes mm. it's, it's the same thing keep structure the, maintain yeah. shape exactly the they, they, they shouldn't score mm. make sure they don't score that's the same thing field well yes so that you've got a better chance of winning if you feel we, well. we made it very difficult for, for, for players to hit fours yes. and sixes even just our, 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 our field placements you know we used to study these guys we used to know we used to mm. you know whenever a team arrived the first thing we used to ask is the senior players would ask for their scorebook would go into their scorebook, would take a look at, take a note of who their performers were, would take a and look where at usually they hit their balls. how do they score? Are they yes. hitting fours? Ma one one ma two two. How do they score? This one is a big hitter. This one likes to keep it ticking along. And then we would then formulate a plan around that. So 
even though we didn't have sort of like the video analysis, we would know, but you know what? Uh, this is going to be, this is lamb. Lamb is coming in. We'll do him a one uh, one. We'll do him a one one. And <laughs> so we would know what type of fields to set for him. Yeah. Then we'll say, oh no, that's that's Delport. Delport likes to clear uh, the rope. Alistair Maragueda again was a Churchill. He was another one. Who used, he used to love to go big. And so yeah. we'd know exactly who are you going to put into to ball when he's batting because he's very aggressive. You need someone who's going to be very tight, very good line and lengths, and you need your best fielders on the boundary because he was a very big hitter. So that approach, anyway. Hey, we're talking school cricket. Well, this is ZFM Sport coming up. We got a local sports news roundup where we give you golf, rugby, as well as a netball news. Don't forget to keep your messages coming in, and we'll read as many of them as possible. Zero seven three one one. 68045. Hi, my name's Ryan Kenz, Sunshine Tour professional golfer, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. In golf news, Scott Vincent is flying the Zimbabwe flag with distinction, having carded a three under par 67 in the star-studded US $25 million LIV 5-4 Golf Invitational Centurion Club in London to finish the first round in joint third place yesterday. He narrowly trails Charles Schwarzel from South Africa, who leads after shooting at 65. Vincent is attempting to win for the third straight week after claiming the international series in England last Sunday for his maiden victory on the Asian Tour a week after claiming the Mizuno Open in Japan. In rugby news, the Goshawks will conclude their Curry Cup First Division adventure in South Africa with a clash against Volke at a Weinberg Boys High in Cape Town tomorrow. The Goshawks, who have won three games and lost five times, will be looking to conclude their Curry Cup campaign on a positive note ahead of the Rugby Africa Cup and Rugby World Cup qualifiers set for next month. And we wrap it up with netball news where Zimbabwe netball coach Ropafadzom Tsauki says positive results at the Confederation of Southern African Netball Association's Tri-Nations Cup that begins tomorrow in Malawi who boost their confidence ahead of the World Cup qualifiers. The Tri-Nations featuring Namibia, Zimbabwe and host Malawi is running until next Thursday and it features the senior national teams as well as the under-19s. We're turning up the beats. I just need your hit music station. Let's go! For hit music, it's Z. From the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's ZFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. Your international sports news update uh, begins with rugby where defence trumped possession in the west of Christchurch as the Canterbury Crusaders were required to break competition tackling records to hold out the Waikato Chiefs for a semi-final 20-7 win in Super Rugby Pacific. Extending the unbeaten record in playoff games to 27 and making the 16th final against either the Blues or the Brumbies, the Crusaders called on all the legacy and tradition of their proud franchise to claim one of their gutsiest wins. Let's hear from Crusaders winning captain Scott Barrett. Yeah, I think uh, in behind however many tackles it was, it was effort, you know, like um, I'm immensely proud of the boys and um, you have to take your hats off to the Chiefs. Like they threw, you know, 120% at us and um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some sore bodies in the next few days. Myself personally and the boys, like love a challenge, you know. Uh, times there, we're down to 14 men 
and um, you know we really have to front. A little bit dewy, so finals footy is about defence, and um, yeah, there's plenty of good efforts there. I think it's patience, um, you know, and we'll have our moments. We saw that the Chiefs had their moments, but it's just riding that wave and um, eventually grinding through them tough times. See. Well, one Sean Tafirinika on Twitter tweeted, one of the worst seasons the Crusaders have had, and they still make the final. This team is ridiculous. I mean, that defense, Sean, magnificent, gutsy, and more importantly, impenetrable. They broke that record of tackles in a game in 2022, finishing with a massive 222 tackles. They weren't the ones doing the bidding, but they still found a way to win this game. Exactly, and um, Scott Barrett talked about the effort off the ball, what they do off the ball, and the positions that they get into, and they just stifled the Chiefs. And you you, you look at that uh, tackle count that you mentioned, Tom Christie, 29 tackles. Wow. Oli Yeager and uh, Zach Gallagher, 20 tackles each. Scott Barrett himself uh, chipping in with Leading 20, from the front. Leading from the front with 24 tackles. So the Crusaders um, in the uh, stadium, which has been renamed to Orange Theory Stadium, they just made it difficult for the Chiefs. And I, 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 I want to say this, uh, more than making it difficult, but they also seem to always find a way of scoring even when they're under pressure. Because you take a look at that scoreline, it doesn't suggest that they were under pressure. You know, if, if you if you tell someone the scoreline that it ended 20 to 7, it looks like a comfortable victory and for the Crusaders. Yeah, because they've got and then they've got the X Factor players, your Rich Mohunga, your mm. Will Jordan, Sevuris, and they always manage to break the lines and they'll give you something, which is why, even though this has been one of the worst seasons, if the Blues are to beat the Brumbies in tomorrow's semi-final, I'm actually is that, is that, is that, is that what you think will happen? Yeah, I think the Blues will win tomorrow and then it's gonna be Crusaders and the Blues in the final and uh, the, the, the Crusaders are such a headache. Okay. Just got to play against. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, the Blues are with some uh, great players in their ranks. The likes of Mark Telea who will be lining up, of course, uh, in jersey number 14. Rico Ioane and Roger Tuyuvasa Sheku will make up the midfield. Borden Barrett at number 10. Finlay Christie has come along in leaps and bounds as the halfback. And then, of course, are the likes of Hoskins Sotutu, Nepo Laolala, Alex Hodgman, uh, Josh Goodhue and Akira Yowane. And then if you take a look at some of the players who are on the bench, I meant Tamati Tua, the likes of Ofatunga Afasi. There's plenty of experience and class on the Blues bench uh, when they line up to take on the Brumbies who are no mugs themselves with the likes of James Slipper, Alan Alatoa, the likes of Tom Hooper, Pete Samu, mm. uh, as well as, of course, if you take a look at their players in the back line, the likes of Tom Banks, Nick White, of course, and Noah Lolisio. They've yes. made a very, very dependable... That's your uh, Wallabies core right there. Yeah, that's your Wallabies core right there. Very dependable halfback combination. So it'll be interesting. Are you going to give me a margin of victory? You've already picked the Blues. Give me a, a margin of victory. I think the Blues will win by, by seven. I think it's going to be close because the Brumbies are going to slow them down. But uh, the Blues will play front football. Hi, I'm Jesse Creel, Springbok and Blue Bulls backline player. You are listening to ZFM Sports. Around the world in 60 seconds. International Sports News.
Right, we take off in the United States, or should I say tip off in the US, where the Golden State Warriors star guard Steph Curry walked gingerly to the podium and declared himself a goal for Game 4 of the NBA Finals despite suffering a left foot injury in Wednesday's loss to the Boston Celtics. The Warriors did not practice yesterday after falling to Boston 116-100 to in Game 3 and now trail in the Series 2-1. Steph Curry said he did not undergo any further testing after getting hurt in Game 3. Over to Azerbaijan, Red Bull is confident a straight line speed advantage will give its 2022 car the edge over the forthcoming Baku Montreal doubleheader. Sergio Perez continued his strong form to outpace Ferrari's Charles Leclerc and his Red Bull teammate Max Verstappen in the opening practice session at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this afternoon. And of course, there is some cricket and in England, it's day one of the second test between England and New Zealand. And before, of course, we give you the score update, Sean. I want to find out from you what you thought of the uh, the remarkable way in which England won that first test match. The comeback, Ben Stokes leading from the front uh, with a, a 50 and then Joe Root, who seems to have this weight lifted off his shoulders, also performing with the bat. Yep. No, when Joe Root locks in, I think the captaincy was getting into his head too much. He had, had, to, had to shoulder a lot of the responsibility. And with that and him just focusing on his batting, he's one of the best in the world. And he showed it uh, in that uh, first test. Okay, let's go to the second test. Uh, we can tell you that England won the toss and elected to bowl earlier today. And uh, just taking a look at the New Zealand innings, uh, they've uh, made a steady progress. In fact, very good progress. You've got to say that the game has swung in their favour. 285 for four. They are after 73 overs. A quick glance at the scorecard. Latham getting a start to 26. Young also a start 47. Nichols 13. Conway uh, 46. And then the two batsmen right now who are really sticking the knife in and twisting. Mitchell on 64 not out and Blundell on 52 not out. So you've got to say that day one going the way of the Black Caps. Instagram follow us on Instagram. Keep us in your timeline so you don't want to miss it. Take a picture of me. See it. Share it. Fan Zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. All right, David Duna has got in touch uh, on WhatsApp. He says, hi, guys. Uh, good show. I missed out uh, on the soccer news. Can you round it up? Well, we haven't got to the soccer yet. Uh, the soccer is coming up uh, straight after this. David Duna, if you love your footy, you haven't missed out on a match. Uh, Remington out in Mount Pleasant. Good evening, Remington. Uh, you say you love the show and uh, we are great pundits. Well, well, well. He even calls us objective. <laughs> he says, keep it up. I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, but from what uh, Game 3, Steph can't do it alone. He doesn't have help in Draymond. Uh, oh my God, he's flopping. What do you think can help the Warriors win the series? Uh, what, what have been uh, your thoughts on Clay and uh, Draymond Green? I mean, Draymond Green, I think for me, I'm happy with what he does on the defensive side of things. Uh, Clay, uh, Sean, hasn't really come to the party as far as scoring is concerned. Yeah, man, and I think it just goes to show that it's not uh, necessarily locked in, and we know that um, coming from injury, you can be a bit up and down. But with Clay Thompson, once he catches fire, 
he's, he's, he's the one I feel will show up tonight and um, shoulder the load that uh, Steph has been carrying. As for Draymond Green, too much podcasting and not focusing on the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he, now he's got two points. Are you joining Stephen, uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, in that nonsense? Come on. Anyway, guys, what do you think about the NBA Finals? I say dubs in seven. What's your take, guys? What are you, what's your take? I feel like this is the most important game of the series, the one that you're playing tonight. This one here. If the Celtics win this one, I, I, I lean towards the Celtics being able to at least grab one of the other games left. But if the Warriors win this one, I think they'll feel that they're back in it. And for me, I that's why I feel the Celtics will win tonight because they've been in these battles with the Miami Heat, with the Bucks before that. And they've been in, in these positions before. And they are you reckon the defense. Warriors had it too easy? They to had get it a here? bit too easy to get to the finals. And uh, they haven't been tested enough. So that's why, because the Celtics know that the Warriors need to get a win tonight. So they're going to go hard. So they're going to go hard and they'll be prepared for that, which is why I I think Celtics in six. Okay, Alton has got in touch. He wants to talk cricket. He says, our problem is that it's very easy to get that Chevron's jersey. Our school's cricket is not too bad, but the transition from there is shambolic. It's not good enough for players to transition into under 17, 21 and then national team. Certain relationships or dynasties are created easily this way. The players need more competition and grilling at a district level, then provincial, the interprovincial development stage, and then finally national team team. That's why it's only the cream that ends up wearing the Chevron's jersey. So he's coming up with strategy there and we've often talked about the fact that, you know what, it's easy for players right now to become national team players. Uh, hello, uh, team. This message is from Mohammed Mususa. I was going to say Mohammed Musa. Uh, <laughs> he says, tomorrow is my birthday. Well, have a great one, Mohammed. He says, I'll be watching the Chev- Chevron's, not another humiliation of Akumana. He says he's loving the show and he's probably heading out to a Harare Sports Club mm. and of course let's head out to Harare Sports Club doesn't matter whether we win or lose but let's just uh, show up and uh, back the boys and hope of course uh, that they're able to turn it around more messages are coming in here uh, the defeat of the cricket team is not amusing it seems we have normalized this in all our sporting disciplines failure is highly uh, is highly appreciated in our country this is Mate out in Esgodini you have also that one Alois that you know what that as Zimbabweans, we seem comfortable with failure when it comes to to our sports teams. Yeah, uh, this is Zimbabwe, guys. Mm. Excuse guys, you know, but then you find other countries, Burkina Faso, and Ivory Coast. Sometimes you go there, they they they, they are just like us. Mm-hmm. So why are they successful in sport? When we are busy trying to actually give ourselves excuses, we're so comfortable in failure and say, we give excuses to the coaches, we give excuses to the players, we give excuses to ourselves by just trying to hide behind the finger all the time. We're so comfortable and we have reached a stage whereby we don't care anymore. Mm, Michael Shoko in Eastley has sent a message that I want to read here because it's a very interesting one. He says, hi guys, can you give context of where Afghanistan is now in the world to show just how bad we have declined and them rising? For example, Afghanistan had about five players at the IPL auction. That's just the point. I think if there's a message that really illustrates that we have declined and that we are are, are, are on the decline, it's that message. The very fact that Afghanistan, with a lesser pedigree than us, can now have five players playing in the IPL. And Zimbabwe, all we had was a practice bowler in Blessing Muzarabani. 
shows you that Zimbabwe, our We're, stock is not high. Our players are not attractive at all for the best and biggest teams and best franchises. Afghanistan was nowhere, couldn't have been compared to Zimbabwe 10 years ago. But we should be asking our, uh, ourselves, Michael, uh, out in Eastleigh, is what has Afghanistan done right between 2010 and now that we haven't done? Someone will come and tell you that economy. Economy. Ah. Afghanistan again. I want them there. Imagine. Absolutely. And then I will read one more message here before we get into the football. Uh, and this uh, message here is uh, from uh, a friend of ours. And he says, uh, son for Ronaldo, golden boot winner, not in the PFA team of the season. That's injustice. That's Valentine from Bulawayo. Well, we're going to be discussing that in the beautiful game, which is coming up next. But first, we kick it off in Africa. Your, your hit mu- music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. ZFM Stereo. The big leagues. The big teams. The big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. Drum, the roaring fans. Take a ride on the wild side with the Africa Report on CFM Sport. Two notable results uh, during last night's uh, 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. The first one, Bafana Bafana, they led for long periods versus the Atlas Lions of Morocco. But ultimately, Bafana Bafana lost that game and their coach, Hugo Bruce, was left very disappointed by the manner of his side's defeat to Morocco. They had led through Lyle Foster, but they had to withstand a barrage of Moroccan attacks and they conceded the losing goal just three minutes from full time and he's got every reason to be disappointed because you know even a point in Morocco would have been good for Bafana Bafana I know I, I thought I thought when they scored very early mm. you know I thought good I thought, goal uh, as well yes good goal and I actually thought that uh, they were actually going to do something better and they they had very good exchanges they they knocked the ball around very well at the back you know I was very impressed you know when they were knocking it around mm. I thought they were so comfortable they were protecting the lead mm. keeping the ball and, and then often it looked dangerous on the counter as well exactly. they actually managed to create chances yes and then they just feel the apart. pressure. It's like more. It's more like a, a script was written. Because I guess the second half just go. You are. It doesn't go. It doesn't go. Dismantle. Do you think they, they, they lack belief? Did they lack belief it's, that they would win? Yes, exactly. They didn't believe. You know, I think in the first half they 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 were so comfortable. They were like, ah, okay, okay. But in this in the second half it was more like, how oh, is it can't be us. Mm. It's, it's not us. We can't be leading Morocco. We can't be playing like this against Morocco in players. Morocco. With all the other players, ah, guys, they dismantle. Yeah, them. Was, you are, yeah, it, it, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah. I, I, I was really pro, uh, impressed uh, by Ronwin uh, Williams, uh, the goalkeeper, the Bafana goalkeeper. That. My goodness, uh, he pulled off some fantastic saves and uh, a very good goalkeeper. The other result, Sean, uh, a big surprise. This one, Egypt losing two nil to Ethiopia. 
uh, at the Bingu National Stadium in uh, Lilongwe. And of course, uh, Ethiopia having to play uh, away from home because uh, their stadiums have not been homologated. And they scored that remarkable 2-0 victory. No one saw that one coming. Uh, and of course, uh, that's an Egypt side that had the likes of Mohamed Salah in it. No, Mohamed Salah was oh, actually missing. Oh, he missed the game with yeah. injury, yes. Due to injury. But still, but Egypt still, yeah. should get the job done. Yeah, man. And Ethiopia, they, they have become a plucky side. And, you know, with plucky sides, they can get wins like this. And I think with Egypt at the moment, it's a bit of a, um, because of their failure to qualify for, for the World Cup. Morale in their camp right now is a bit low. And you reckon they haven't recovered from that? I, I reckon they haven't recovered because you're now susceptible to performances like this. Mm. So they're now quickly and, and as well, at the end of the season, players are leggy, players are tired and this can happen. Yeah, this can happen and of course uh, there are no fixtures this weekend. Matches on the continent will return on Monday night. And, and it, it comes back to what we were talking about, cricket. Mm, mm. Ten years ago, Ethiopia were nowhere near Zimbabwe. Yeah, don't out one would. You know, but right now, look, they are beating Egypt. Yeah. Do you even do you even think dream of beating Egypt currently, right now? No. That we can go against Egypt and say mm. we are going to win against Egypt? No. You see, today come come and self destructive button come and 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 come because of whom the noise that we made, I, I'm sure we could have just said, I'm going to take it. But this case, they just they make a plan, they make a plan, go and play, and they beat Egypt. The league that makes football all so beautiful, where artistry and strokes of genius are the order of any day, where the game is played with a smile. And Luis Suarez adds some bite. Suarez! Oh, superb! Two goals in barely a minute. All the news from the Spanish La Liga on CFM Sport. Right, just a, a quick update uh, from the continent uh, before, of course, uh, we go on to discuss uh, the PFA uh, Play of the Year awards. Uh, Pablo Sarabia scored the only goal as Spain deservedly beat Switzerland uh, for their first win of the competition. Sarabia slid home Marcos Lorente's cross in a goal which was allowed to stand after a video assistant referee review for offside. The Swiss, of course, had two late chances in Geneva with Abril Imbolo uh, lobbing uh, wide and Jibril Sow's last second of volley uh, being blocked and of course uh, that Briel Imbolo fella uh, plays with plenty of thrust uh, and then uh, Spain now as a result of that uh, they are on five points from three games in Group A to Portugal who beat the Czech Republic 2-0 are two points clear of their neighbours. Notable Nations League weekend fixtures Austria versus France, Denmark versus Croatia. Those two games are on tonight. England will then take on Italy in a rematch of the Euro uh, Championship final. Hungary versus Germany, Netherlands versus Poland, Wales versus Belgium. Alois, quick comment on that England versus Italy game. Uh, Italy, of course, rebuilding. They've already started infusing young players and they are playing well in the Nations League. But England have been far from convincing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what is wrong with England. You know, 
there's so much hope there's so much hope for England especially going to the World Cup you would have thought that they would mm. be firing mm. by now you know they went all the way to the semi-finals in the last World Cup yes and people were like by this by by 20 by this time in 2022 but now they're not showing it and now what is it for you is it the players or the coach I think it's the coach. Mm. The coach is failing. Uh, guys, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not fool ourselves. This, this England team has got talent. Yes. At the moment. Young, energetic talent. They run, they've got technique. England, the English football. Yes. Now they're actually playing proper, proper tactical, tactical approach, football. Yes. Yeah. So, where, where are they lacking? I still go back to the coach. Mm. I don't I don't trust the coach. I don't I think the coach is not uh is, yeah, I don't he's I don't not think at the same level not. as as the players he is not. that he is managing. Someone agrees with you. Uh they've just sent a message here. England has no coach. Uh, so I agree. Uh, that listener agreeing with you that uh, the coach is letting the team down. We're talking about England. Let's talk a look at the PFA Player of the Year Awards. All the rivalry. Goal for Liverpool early on Derby Day. All the stars. Cut back and De Bruyne. He made that look easy and I promise you it wasn't. And all the game-changing moments. Aubameyang, we find a way through. You bet he can. That is top, top class. All the updates from the Premier League on ZFM Sport. Liverpool star forward Mohamed Salah has been named the PFA Player of the Year to end Manchester City midfielder Kevin De Bruyne's run after winning it the last two years. Salah, the joint top goal scorer in the Premier League last term with 23 goals, was also chosen ahead of Liverpool teammates Sadio Mane and Virgil van Dijk. Let's hear from Mohamed Salah. Uh, well, it's a great always to win a trophy, individual or collective. Um, yeah, and this one is uh, it's big. So very happy and very proud of that. This one, this one is a really good one to win. To be fair, uh, especially because it's voted by players. So when I think about it, like of course I wanted the, the Premier League first before anything, Champions League as well. But it's individual a little bit shows you that you really worked really hard and you you get what you work for, kind of. Just individual, collectively for sure that the, the team comes first. But like you win the journalist one, you win the. the um, the, the players won as well, so it's like shows you that season uh, was really good. Uh, Mohamed Salah scored 23 league goals and of course have finished as to- top joint goal scorer alongside Tottenham's Son Young min and Salah also registering 33 league assists. Uh, this was the highest in the league uh, and you've got to say that uh, probably a deserved winner. Uh, uh, of this award, uh, Alois. Yeah, you see, uh, sometimes, you know, when you look at a striker, you think that he's just scoring goals. But when you see him supplying uh, goals for his teammates as well, assisting, then you start looking, taking notice. Then you start looking mm. at the way Liverpool play. Mm. They play as a team, so that he is also in that part of the compact uh, Liverpool team when they press, when they release, yes. when they are defending. He works, he works he's so working hard. so hard for the team, and he's doing that offensively as well. Uh, then you can, you can. Uh, you I, can I want you to comment that. on this. It puts paid to that argument that Salah is selfish because this is the same Salah that's finished with the most assists in the league, Mike. 
I've never understood mm. people when they say a striker is selfish mm. because a striker is supposed to score goals. Mm. There are a lot of times where you don't want to pass the ball. Take the opportunity, mm -hmm. take the initiative yourself as a striker and score goals. If it goes in, there's nothing like selfish. People are not so tangaguti, neguti atadza. Ade anga pasa uyanga riba beta beta Let's take a look at the PFA Premier League team of the year in goal. Alisson of Liverpool, your fullbacks. Trent Alexander-Arnold also of Liverpool and Joao Cancelo of Manchester City. The centre-backs, Virgil van Dijk of Liverpool and Antonio Rudiger, once of Chelsea, now of Real Madrid. Kevin De Bruyne of Manchester City, uh, Thiago Alcantara of Liverpool and Bernardo Silva of Manchester City make up the midfield and your three-man attack is Liverpool, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah together with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, ploughing a lone furrow through the middle. That, of course, is the team. Sean, a notable omission in Son from Tottenham because Golden Boot winner scored mm. all those goals without a scoring penalty. a penalty and he is missing. And my thing is just looking at that 11, the person who's supposed to be in that team Son, the person who's supposed to be out of that uh, um, eleven is um, Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm sorry, yes, he had some impact with uh, with the lackluster Manchester United. We had also David De Gea, who was some of the players who put their hands up. But what is Ronaldo doing there? And you take a look at Son. Th there's also the goals, argument though that Ronaldo assists. will say that I performed in an underperforming team. I I, uh, I don't and, think. And and also if you take a look at his stats, he, he scored 18 goals. He had three assists. What more can he do in a team that was generally short of confidence uh, and wasn't playing well? No, he, he had a good season, but not enough to be in the best eleven and leaving out Son because Son had more impact with um, with with Tottenham and actually in their bid qualifying for the top four. So, and this is voted by their fellow players as well. You see, you see, yeah. When when it's voted by fellow players, fellow players are watching the game. They're playing against this guy. They know what is happening. It's not about. Cristiano and so on. Oh. Maybe they could have just gone with a 4-3-3 formation, oh. Salah, Cristiano, and so on. Oh. Together and eliminate somebody else. It doesn't who, have who, to who necessarily else? mean okay, it doesn't have necessarily mean that it has to be Cristiano who must go out. Yeah. Why Cristiano? It has to be. Who else can you remove from this team? Who, 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 who would you remove, uh, Alois, if, if you had to pick okay, Cristiano Ronaldo stays, that means you probably have to go with Sadio Mane or Mohamed Salah. And there's no way for Son. But anyway, let me <laughs> let me leave you to think about that. Someone sent a message and says, Tiago really over Rodri? Tiago sparked second half Rodri for the whole season. That's another one. I, th I thought Rodri played very well. Uh, and Thiago, but again, these selections are made by the fellow pros. So it's not an award mm. that's given. It's an award that's voted for based on okay. the opinions of the yes. fellow pros. Yes. Sure, and I'll ask you, we had, better, we had the better impacts, uh, Thiago for Liverpool or Cristiano for Manchester United? I'd say, I'd say Thiago. Nah. No, nah, no, 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 definitely. Nah, because no, if, if, if you look at Thiago, <laughs> Thiago controls and dictates nah. the pace of the game. No, no, I said impact throughout the season. I'm not yes, talking no, about no. pedigree no, in no, a particular no, 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 game. No. That's the impact I'm talking about. If you've got the ability to detect play and control the game. But how many, how many of those games? If, if Ronaldo had an he impact. He was also out why, on why injury for a long time. Alois, why was, why was Manchester United nowhere close to challenging for top four? 
before if Ronaldo made an impact you know in what? his team. I, I think we're going to have to take... a bad team. We need to take this one into the <laughs> car park because unfortunately time has run out on the show. Time is always an enemy, especially on a Friday. But hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on ZFM Sport. Uh, keep it real over the weekend and of course uh, make sure that you play it safe and do join us 5 past 6 on Monday night. Messi! It is the cleanest that clean finishes and the best on the planet. The biggest sports stories. Chelsea, UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world on any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world, and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Madod, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.